Like former WWE superstar Ty Dellinger, the Big East was a perfect 10 this past weekend as all 10 teams picked up a win with some major headlining wins, two of which were major upsets in the landscape of college basketball. And I've got your entire breakdown of all the action that took place right here inside the igloo. Welcome inside, I'm Tim Best. A belated Merry Christmas. I know I was supposed to have a Christmas special, but some things just came up. I mean, I had to work on Christmas as well. And the holidays are a tough time sometimes. And for me, that's kind of what happened. So I was going to do a a holiday special for Monday. Unfortunately, I got sidetracked. But I knew I had to do this one episode before the start of Big East play because no action during the middle of the week with obviously Christmas, but there are a few games on the docket for this Saturday that I will be briefly analyzing. It's really easy to do so because all four of these games should be layup wins for the teams in action. Georgetown's welcoming American Marquette's got Central Arkansas at home. Butler welcomes Yule Monroe to Hinkle Fieldhouse. And then Creighton's got a game against Midland University, which isn't even D1. So, uh, I'll have a little bit on those games later on. But let's talk about the weekend that was in the Big East. Ten teams played and ten teams won. And the major headline of the weekend was... Villanova upsetting then number one Kansas. It was a rock fight in South Philly. But Villanova came out on top with a huge upset. 56-55 to the final as they avenged last year's loss at Allen Fieldhouse. So Villanova, I mean, that was this was an even game throughout... The entire contest. It was tied 23 all at the half. Nova won 56-55. And the difference maker. Jermaine Samuels. Knocked down the go ahead three pointer. With just under 30 seconds to go. To give Nova a one point lead. And then the defense stood tall. With Sadiq Bay playing tremendous defense. On Devin Dotson. On the final play. Forcing a tough shot which Dotson missed, giving Nova a major upset and their signature win in the non-conference schedule considering they lost to two really good teams earlier this year. They lost at Ohio State and then down in Myrtle Beach against Baylor. And now the Wildcats, they get that signature win. Again, a 56-55 to victory. But how about this for Villanova? Over half of their points came from behind the arc. They took 41 three-pointers for the whole game. And made 10 of them. You know, 10 three-pointers is good, but 10 for 41, not ideal. But hey, Kansas only went 3 of 13 from behind the arc. Just 24 of 55 from the field. 
But Villanova, I mean, they took way more shots. They took 63 of them and actually only made 22. Not to mention, they only took two free throws the entire game. And thankfully for them, they were both makes by Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Meanwhile, Kansas went 4 for 10. And shockingly, Dotson went 4 for 7 from the line. And the three misses came from Azabuki and Braun. And if you want to talk about, you know, other major facets of this game, I think the biggest one was just the balance of scoring that Villanova was able to have. Justin Moore came off the bench and scored eight huge points in 33 minutes of action. I mean, yes, Cole Swider struggled, but that's when Justin Moore stepped up. Sadiq Bey only had seven points, but came up with that big defensive stop. Colin Gillespie with a dozen points, and then Jeremiah Robinson Earl with nine. But again, Villanova just found a way to get the job done. And as far as I'm concerned, they're new top dog in the Big East as we enter Big East play in just a few days, actually. And then the other major headline, in my opinion, St. John's upsetting number 16 Arizona in San Francisco, 70-67. However, they almost blew it. They were up 14 at halftime, and they let Arizona creep into this thing. And Arizona actually took the lead with about a minute to go. But St. John's, they hung tough and was able to finish strong and win the ball game. 70-67 the final. LJ Figueroa with 21 points to lead the way for the Red Storm. And they somehow survived a monster night from Zeke Naji. 24 points and 11 rebounds for him. The freshman from Minnesota, uh, from Lakeville, actually the same hometown as J.P. McCura. Nico Mannion had 19 points for Arizona. And the only other guy in double figures for the Cats, Josh Green, with 11. Rasheem Dunn came up big with 14 points. And it was just overall a shocking upset, considering St. John's did not have their leading scorer, Mustafa Heron, for this game. So in his place, they start, Mike Anderson put David Carraher in the lineup. He struggled. He only had two points. But credit the bench for stepping up. Ian Steer... Got a couple points. Damian Sears also added a couple. Uh, he added four, actually. Marcellus Erlington had seven, but he fouled out. And then, again, Rasheem Dunn, 14 points off the bench to help lead St. John's to a monumental upset. And this St. John's team, they might actually make some noise. In the Big East, uh, I think what I've honestly learned is the Big East is just so damn good from top to bottom that it seemed like St. John's, as good as they've been, they could still very well finish in the bottom four. Same with a team like Creighton, who had a big win at Arizona State Saturday night, 67-60. to They were down two at the half, but a well-balanced scoring attack led by Mitch Ballack's 14 points. Denzel Mahoney also had 14 a great night for Christian Bishop as well. He had 12 and 9 rebounds. 
And they were able to weather the storm despite Alexander struggling from the field. Tyshawn only had five points on one of eight shooting. Marcus Zigorowski only had seven points and missed all five three-point attempts. Another big-time effort stepping up was Damian Jefferson with nine points on four of seven shooting. He also had seven rebounds. So Creighton, now they're up to 10-2. and two. They could very well finish in the bottom four because yes, that's how loaded the Big East is. Other notable results. I called this one, by the way. Providence upsetting Texas. I knew they would win, but I wouldn't expect them to smack Texas the way that they did. They won 70-48, to and they only allowed 20 points in the entire second half. Alpha Diallo leading the way, the senior, with 14 points and 12 rebounds. Khalif Young also had double-digit rebounds to go along with 6 points. Lawan Pipkins looked great. Knocked down 4 three-pointers, had 13 points. Nate Watson with 10 off the bench. And then David Duke with 9. Notably. Overall, great win for the Friars. And they needed that one badly after the way they played against Florida earlier in the week in Brooklyn. And they needed it in order to avoid being under 500 entering Big East play. And next up for them, they'll welcome Georgetown in their Big East opener on New Year's Eve. Speaking of the Hoyas, they took care of business. They crushed Sanford. 99 to 71, and how about this for a monster night from Omer Yurtseven? 32 points, 17 rebounds. A monster night for the NC State transfer. Jamarco Pickett added 14 points. Mac McClung with 25. Javon Blair with 11 off the bench. Jagan Mosley with 8. And even though he only had 3 points, Terrell Allen with 7 assists. Solid win for the Hoyas as they improved to 9-3. DePaul got a big win. They took down Northwestern 83-78. They were down four at the half, but they were able to finish strong in the second half. Charlie Moore led the way with 25 points. Jalen Butts with 24 on 10 of 13 shooting. Paul Reed with another double-double, 11 points and 12 rebounds. Jalen Coleman lands with 13 points. He knocked down several huge three-pointers in the second half to lead the comeback charge for the Blue Demons. And then, the other game on Saturday, uh, Butler took down Purdue in the Crossroads Classic, 70-61. Bryce Golden with a solid game with 14 points. Sean McDermott added 11. Kamar Baldwin was quiet in this game at just 5 points. But credit Aaron Thompson and Jordan Tucker for stepping up in his place with 12 points each. And then Derek Smith in his season debut playing in the building where his dad was the starting center back in 2000 when the Pacers made their first and only NBA Finals appearance when they lost to Kobe and Shaq in the Lakers dynasty that was just rumbling at the time. In his debut, seven minutes Two points, two rebounds. As he gets healthier, you're going to see his minutes go up. I can promise you that. But a solid win for the Dogs over the Boilermakers of Purdue. And now they're 11-1. And And I think you can make a fair argument. They're the second best team in the Big East right now. Maybe even the best ahead of Nova. But to me, I still think Nova's the best. And Butler is second right now. And that's how it looks in the AP poll right now. Nova's number 10 in the country after their big win. And Butler is up to number 12. 
And then other notable action, Marquette. They took down North Dakota State 82-68. Marcus Howard with 32 points on 10 of 24 shooting. Five three-pointers made on the night. And then only two other Golden Eagles scored in double figures. Sakari Annam with 14 and Kobe McEwen with a dozen. So the Golden Eagles with that one, they improved to 9-2. As their non-conference finale against Central Arkansas awaits them. And then on Sunday... Xavier won 67-59 at TCU. They looked pretty sharp the whole game. They let TCU creep back into it a little bit. But Tyree Jones with a monster game. 18 points, 14 rebounds to lead the way for the Muskies. And Najee Marshall, only 8 points, 3 of 7 shooting. But he did go 2 of 3 from behind the arc. Paul Scruggs the only other Musketeer in double figures with 10 points. How about this though? 20 points off the bench between Zach Fremantle, Kai Kai Tandy, and Bryce Moore. Fremantle with 9 points. Tandy with a with a real solid night with 8 points and then Moore with 3. As the Musketeers close out the Big East Big 12 battle with an 8 point win in Fort Worth. Meaning the Big East wins the Big East Big 12 battle 8-2. The only Big East teams to lose... Seton Hall lost to Iowa State, and then Butler lost at Baylor. And speaking of Seton Hall, they closed out their non-conference schedule. No Miles Powell, no Mamu, and no problem once again. However, they were down by five at halftime on Sunday against Prairie View A&M. It was 75-55. The halftime score was 27-22 in favor of Prairie View A&M. And Seton Hall, 53 points in the second half, including a game-high 25 points from Quincy McKnight, 8 of 16 shooting. And I'm telling you, now that McKnight is playing off the ball more without Powell, he's starting to come into his own, and he's looked great doing that. And then how about this? Three other Pirates in double figures, Jared Roden, Anthony Nelson, Tyree Samuel, each with 12 points. The only shaky thing was that they shot 2 of 19 from behind the arc, but inside the arc, 24 of 37. And that's kind of what you want if you're Seton Hall. You want to make your easy shots. Just got to make sure you raise that three-point percentage a little bit because if you shoot that poorly from behind the, behind the arc in Big East play, you're going to lose. So that was the weekend that was in Big East basketball. And uh, just to talk about these weekend games briefly, on Saturday, Georgetown, they welcome American. And if you're Georgetown, you know, you've overlooked a few opponents that you know that Georgetown is better than. Mount St. Mary's, Central Arkansas, to name a few. UNC Greensboro and Georgia State as well. But you can't do that against American. And again, Georgetown is on a roll. They're starting to find the rhythm. But you can't have a lazy game against American. Plain and simple. Same with Marquette against Central Arkansas. Marquette knows what Central Arkansas brings to the table, considering what they did against Georgetown, only losing by 11 points. Marquette's going to win that game. It's just a matter of how they look in that game. And it's really going to be the same with Butler against Ewell Monroe as well. Again, Butler has the longest non-conference home win streak in the country now, considering that Duke had their streak ended 
after 150 straight wins back in late November when they lost at home to Stephen F. Austin. And fun fact, the last team to beat them before that was St. John's back in 2000. So the Bulldogs, they're gonna. Cr- I think they're going to crush you, Ole Monroe. And then Creighton, I mean, there's absolutely no reason why they should lose to Midland. And there's no reason why Midland should even make it a game. Creighton should absolutely smoke them. So, that's going to be a very abbreviated version of the Igloo for this week. Again, I'm sorry for getting this so late, but I promise there are bigger and better episodes to come. Some spoilers as to who's going to be coming on. Sometime in the near future, I will have both, at different points, I'll be having... From the Capital City, go-go of the NBA G League and Big East alumni. I got Kellen Dunham of Butler and Phil Booth of Villanova who are going to be joining me within the coming weeks as well as another former Butler star, Roosevelt Jones, who is now the associate head coach of IU Kokomo. He will be joining me in the future as well, so be on the lookout for that. So that wraps it up for a very abbreviated episode of the Igloo. Biggie's play starts this Monday, folks. Chaos is waiting, and I am so ready for it to begin. So until then, this is Timmy I signing off for the Igloo. Thanks for tuning in. Happy holidays. And be on the lookout for a new episode Monday. Again, that's when Biggie's play. This is when the chaos all begins. And I will have your opening slate of game preview for that. So... Until then, signing off for the Igloo, this is Timmy Ice, and I'll see you Monday night.